Oh boy, oh boy, it's the weekend. We love the weekend, especially Oscar weekend. Yes. But man, this one is very special because we have the one, the only, Jessica Mia Polito coming on the show from Deadlines. Wait, that sounds familiar. Yeah. That's right, yeah. it's our film. Yes, yeah, she's one of the stars of our film and we are going to talk all about it and what it was like making it and Oof. talk about the premiere that's coming up in just a couple of weeks and oh man, so much good stuff. You do not want to miss this interview. You do not. Not, man. It's going to be so freaking exciting. The show's going to be so exciting. That's later on. Now, let's get a little crazy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 190 Ooh, this week. The one big 190. Oh my gosh, 10 away. Dude. 10 away. Crazy. Woo! I know, we're emailing people like crazy. We got the interns, <laughs> we got the managers, we got everybody getting sent these emails from these crazy folks here at Crazy Ant Media for that big 200th. Yes, who's the guest going to be on the big 200th show? We don't know yet, but we're working on it's it. It's going to be very special, guys. It's going to be very special. <laughs> but you guys know your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mal. What's up? Guys, it's going to be a great show this week. We are talking. Talking Oscars, but believe it or not, Warner Brothers had a lot of news that broke this week. Yeah. Man, oh man, yeah. we're going to dive deep into it. But before we do, be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We got shirts, we got hats, we got sweatshirts, we got knit caps. <laughs> we have basically everything, man. We're super pumped about it. That's why we said be sure to head over to the website and start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. And before we we jump in we are having an oscar watch party this year yes. that is tomorrow and it's going to be on the crazy ant media instagram so be sure to check that out we're going to go live get a little crazy have our favorite snacks that we like to get when we go to the movies <laughs> and man oh man it's going to be a great year because i'm bringing home the doctor strange golden no, funko this you is coming from the me. guy who has not won yet I am going to match my kiddos uh, streak. I'm going to win the second Golden Funko. No, I'm not. bringing home Doctor Strange. No. I'm bringing home Doctor no. Strange. I'm bringing home Doctor Strange. Sounds like a whole bunch of madness <laughs> over there, okay? Sounds like a whole bunch Maybe of Maybe a multiverse. Maybe. Yeah, you know. Is it me? Is it a variant? You don't know. Exactly. Don't know. There's a lot happening, man. There's a lot freaking <laughs> happening. But you guys know we're here for some industry news. Yeah. So there was so much going on. Let's get started with the juggernaut, Disney. You guys know we love them. They've been making some questionable decisions recently. Yes. Chappic. Just it. That man right there. Uh, but, you know, there is some good stuff still still shining through. Uh, now, as we start to talk about the biggest event in Hollywood this weekend, uh, ahead of tomorrow's Oscar ceremony, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences sent out a letter Friday updating the COVID protocols mm. for those attending this event. Now, the updates follow a number of uh, COVID cases attributed to the BAFTA Awards last week, as well as the uptick in the BA. Now, two variants have hit the Los Angeles area over the past couple days, and the BA, the second variant, is 30% more contagious than the Omicron variant. Mm. Now, according to LA County Health Authorities, in the letter, uh, the Academy advised those who tested positive for COVID-19 and are within a zero to five day window of that date of their first 
positive test are not permitted to attend under any circumstances. Oh. I know. Oh. Like, like you are not coming in. Not right? happening. And those who have tested positive for COVID-19 within a 6 to 10-day window from the date of their first positive test are required to provide proof of negative tef- test results uh, from two verified PCR uh, Lucrea or uh, Cure Health COVID-19 tests, uh, which may not uh, be taken on the same day and must be administrated and verified by medically trained professionals. Damn. I know. They're getting really deep with it. I mean, I don't blame them. They're treating it kind of like how work treats workers coming back. That makes sense. And uh, the release specified that a 10-day window is determined by the date and time of the first positive test was taken from the lab report, not from the doctor's note or from Mm. the start of the symptoms. It's from the positive test result. Yeah. And now if an attendee tested positive after March 17th of 2022 at 1 p.m. Pacific time, very specific here, uh, they would be considered within the 10-day window. The Academy also advised members of the press to minimize COVID risk by avoiding enclosed and crowded spaces and limiting extended interactions of outside family, friends, and or colleagues and ended with social distancing and masking are very, 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 very strongly recommended. Mm. They're just trying to be as safe as possible. Yeah. Keep everything, you know, cordial. Make sure everybody stays, you know, healthy. So I think it's important and I think they're doing the right thing. I mean, yeah, because we don't want another one where it's shut down and there's nobody in the audience. That's what I'm I mean, saying. that was like the worst Oscars ever. It was very awkward. Uh, <laughs> so nobody wants that. Okay, speaking of awkward, right, we've been talking about all the stuff that's going on with Bob Chappick, right? Well, the latest news coming out of the Walt Disney Company is a little bit mixed. Is, is it good? Is it bad? It's kind of both. Yeah. Now, get this. Although CEO Bob Chappick is facing a crisis of confidence in his leadership that's fueling the atypical level of turmoil at the top of the world's largest entertainment yeah. company, we're hearing from sources that say Chappick's current employment contract expiring in next February is actually expected to be renewed mm. and that he does not appear to be in trouble with Disney's board. Mm. So for now, at least insiders see no credible scenario where Chappick is going to be ousted as the CEO anytime soon. Mm. I call bullshit. That said, there is no denying that Chappick is in the doghouse with the company's 200,000 plus employees around the world. Disney's bungled response to Florida's effort to pass the Don't Say Gay Bill, which would severely restrict public school teachers' ability to address LGBTQ-related subjects in the classroom, has sparked a revolt among many employees, and the board can't ignore that forever. There's internal morale issues and concerns that Disney's stature may have been diminished in the creative community, which, by the way, if you saw the premiere of uh, or the red carpet stuff for uh, Moon Knight... Both the stars came out. I yeah. mean, Oscar Isaac sang, gay, 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 gay. There is turmoil amongst the entertainment community, not just within. So that's dangerous stuff. Now, if Chappick is granted more time, he will need to start finding uh, part of his portfolio to reimagine uh, in a way that cements his legacy. Because as we've talked about, I mean, Eisner came in and changed the game when he did everything that he did. Iger followed up by changing the game even more. And so far, Chappick has done nothing but explode all of it. So, um, 
I don't think I think this is a cover your ass statement coming out of the company. I think that the board would never publicly say that they're going to oust him. They never publicly said it about Eisner until it became public somehow from where it was leaked. Yeah. So I, I just I think he's in trouble. Yeah. I will be shocked if he's if he goes past February. See, just, my only thing with that is I think he may go past that year date or that renewal date just because it looks really bad when you bring in a CEO and they don't last long. It looks really bad on the company and the people behind that person. So, like, it's all about looks. It's all about perception. It's kind of like the presidency. You know, you're trying to make sure you look as good as possible even though the motherfucker is dumb. So, uh, Well, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. But if, if, if you know, and, and you're about to talk about it, if, if the employees continue to do what they're doing and you see a loss of massive employees and and – the stock continues to do what it's doing. You can't – I mean you've got to save face because – I mean will it look bad? Yes, but it looks worse if your company tanks financially and you can't recover. So it's, I don't know. Yeah, I'd only be a fly in the wall in that <laughs> fucking building, man. I mean this past Tuesday, like we talked about last week, they were talking about the walkouts. Well, they did it. Everybody went down the street to the uh, Davis picnic area down, uh, from the Burbank studio as part of the company's wide walkout where they held signs and chanted, Disney say gay, we won't go away, and we are queer, we are here. Now, several of the protesters said that their supervisors had been generally supportive of That's the walkout, good. which is phenomenal, but uh, a lot of the meetings have been rescheduled to accommodate the walkout. Meanwhile, Disney companies, including ABC, ESPN, Disney+, and Hulu, released Twitter statements in support of the LGBTQ community against the legislation that infringes on the basic human rights of the LGBTQIA plus community. Now, the statement comes a week after Marvel Studio came out the gesture on with that gesture on social media like we told you about last week. So, you know, it's all part of it, man. Yeah. Everybody's tr- trying to distance themselves from the captain of the ship, basically. That's exactly. what it is, and which is very unfortunate because you want to be in full support of your leader. But when they're making dumbass decisions like this... I mean, and, and look, these guys followed through with what they said they, they were going to do. So that should be a huge warning sign to the board and Chappic sure. that they're not playing around, and if you don't fix things... I don't know. I don't know. Hey, here's a question. Let's get out of that Chappic stuff and just ask a serious question here, okay? Do we need another medical drama? <laughs> Two, do we need another medical drama on ABC? Ooh. Um, I was saying well, a new Amsterdam is getting kicked, maybe. It but is, maybe. With, with ABC, though. Yeah, like. so apparently the answer is inside the mouse house is yes. Apparently. Uh, a medical procedural from, get this, Michael Strahan. Yes, Michael Strahan, Constance Schwartz-Marini, and the resident executive producer Mark Halsey is in development at ABC. It's titled The Front Line. Now, the potential series is centered around Sebastian Bass Clark, a professional athlete turned doctor who left the front line of the football field to start over on the front lines of healthcare as a mm. medical resident. A transition that a handful of real-life NFL players have actually made. Oh, wow. The project fouls Bass as an ensemble of doctors at a staff at a prestigious Pittsburgh hospital as they navigate high-stakes medical cases with all of the adrenaline, warmth, and big-heartedness of great sports movies. Mm. The drama has received a script commitment from uh, the network. Um, that's interesting. I love the idea. I think that's fantastic. It's just... 
did we need it on ABC? Why yeah. why not drop this on like uh, ABC? It's not ABC Family anymore. Whatever it's they not, call it now, yeah. uh, or Hulu. Or, oh, Freeform. Why not drop it on like Freeform or Hulu or somewhere on there? Not just like on broadcast yeah. again. I mean, you've already got the Good Doctor. You've already got Grey's Anatomy, which apparently is going to go on for another fucking twenty years. Exactly. I don't know. Just that, that's my only thing. I love this idea. I love Strahan. It sounds really interesting. Yeah. But do we need it on ABC? Right. I was expecting <laughs> like maybe like a newsroom type of thing. You know, with his relation to the news but right yeah, i mean no. you know stepping outside of that comfort zone that's what it's all about heck yeah man uh speaking of abc they have picked up a new unscripted series claim to fame and it's hosted by siblings kevin and frankie jonas <laughs> the reality show will follow 12 celebrity relatives as they step out of their famous family's shadows uh-huh. and move into the same house now attempting to keep their identity a secret the cast will form alliances and uh, compete in challenges while all also playing a DNA detective <laughs> to try to avoid elimination and ultimately win a $100,000 cash prize. A premiere date and cast for the claim to fame. It will come at a later date, but I mean, that sounds super interesting. And to speak of, like, these are the two that do come out of behind Nick and Joe's shadow. So that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty funny, but like, I, I mean... I feel like, you know, the, the, the Jonas that you hadn't heard of prior to that, yeah. the other brother who's going to uh, co-host with him, he looks just like them. In mm-hmm. that whole thing when it said they're going to try to keep their identities secret, let's be honest about it, guys. Most of the uh, the lesser known or unknown relatives of these big look just like them. They There's gonna Like, tell me the Wahlberg guy isn't going to be in there. Well, I right. bet Wahlberg's in there. He For looks sure. just fucking like them. There's no keeping a secret as to who they are. I mean, unless you live under a rock. All right. I, but it does sound pretty fucking entertaining. I'm not even going to lie. All right. What is the fate of the Goldbergs? You want to know. We want to know because as you guys know, dad was out of there uh, from some behind the scenes turmoil, but he's not coming back. But does that mean it's over? No, apparently. Not at all. The Goldberg star Wendy McClendon Covey, mom, has closed the new deal to return to the popular ABC family comedy. The network has yet to make a renewal decision, but with McClendon Covey on board, a pickup probably seems likely. Uh, So, good. Apparently it's a big raise uh, in pay and with the option of another year beyond that. So, I mean... Who knows? But that's a good sign if you're a fan of the Goldbergs. It looks like somehow, some way, they're going to come back and yeah. they're going to explain what happened. And what like, happened to know. Daddy-o? <laughs> what happened to Dad? Oh, man. It's going to be interesting. Well, Richard Ryder, a.k.a. Nova, yes. looks to be joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Marvel is developing a Nova project with New Knight, uh, Moon Knight scribe Sabir Prezeda uh, on board to write. It is unknown on whether or not it, this will be de- de- developed as a feature <laughs> or a limited series for Disney+. Plus. Uh, but as always, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige will produce this thing. Nova first appeared in the 1976 issue of Super Adventures and was a member of the intergalactic police force known as the Nova Corps, for which he gained superhuman abilities, uh, including enhanced strength, uh, fight, and resistance to injury. While the character didn't have any run-ins with some of the main figures in the current or past MCU, he did have some battles with scrolls 
who have been big parts in most recent adaptations like Captain Marvel and this new one that's coming up, uh, Secret Invasion. So there's a whole bunch of things, maybe cameos, maybe, you know. But I, this one has been talked about, like, secretively, like, possibly rumors happening for about, like, two years, I would say. Yeah. So I'm excited for them to actually move forward with this one. So it's yeah. going to be interesting. And and the way his character is, it, it's like like he is in the comic books. He can pop around anywhere. He can, yeah. like, pop into basically any of the MCU franchises, and it would make sense that he's there because uh, that's what he does. That's what his character does. So, um. Yeah, I'm pretty excited, and I bet he's excited, For whoever sure. they cast, because he's going to be guaranteed to be popping in and out of a bunch yeah. of different projects. So, uh, It's funny, you brought up New Amsterdam, and it's going bye-bye, so what's going to happen to the peeps? Well, we know it for at least one, Naveen Paddock is set as a series regular opposite Josh Dumel and Lauren Graham for the upcoming second season of Disney Plus's The Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Additionally, Margot Anderson's song from Defending Jacob, Noah Baird, A Christmas Story Live, Stephanie Weir from A Million Little Things, Connor DeWolf, Tim Sharp from Enlightened, and Tiffany Denise Hobbs from Claws have all been cast in heavily recurring roles. Now, are they new ducks? Are they the new bad guys? Like, right. is that the other team that they're going to be like? Either or, we don't know, but this does seem like it's going to move in a very interesting direction without the coach. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like, you know. I'm still bummed about it. Yeah. I am too. I mean, I you mean, know. is it the Mighty Ducks without Emilio Estevez? I know. That, that, that kind of sucks. But <laughs> other things that are happening at Disney uh. slash Hulu, the Arconia, you guys know, from the only murderers in the building. Yes. Everybody knows it. Everybody loved it. It actually did really well, and I it was really funny. Uh, your favorite podcasters, Steve Martin, besides us, by the way. Besides That's right. Us. That's right. Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, they're all coming back for season two, uh, premiering on Hulu on July 28th. In the new season, the comedic murder mystery follows Charles, Oliver, and Mabel as they rush to identify the killer of Bunny Folger. Now, the he she's the um you know the board president of the apartment building oh, of course nice. the trio is now publicly uh, implicated in the murder uh, as well as the okay. subjects of a compelling podcast of a competing podcast oh shit somebody trying to steal mm -hmm. that steal that fame Plus, they will have to deal with some electric cast of characters that reside in the Upper West Side complex who now uh, all think they committed the homicide. Mm. So it's going to be very interesting. I thought it was a great show, though. So And to bring all these people back, it's going to be good. Oh, yeah. And the the, the 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 cast of characters within the building, yeah, that just screams at a bunch of guest stars and, yeah. and who they're going to be. And I mean, it's going to be amazing. Agreed. That show's awesome. So... What do you get when you combine a couple of comedy legends? Being mortal will mm. soon provide the answer to that particular equation. <laughs> the film, which marks the directorial debut of Aziz Ansari, has added Seth Rogen to the cast. He joins the previously announced Bill Murray in There's Your Legends, who will star alongside Ansari. Now, not only does Ansari direct and appear in the film, he also wrote the script and is producing. Principal Photography is going to start this April with Searchlight Pictures set to release the film theatrically in 2023. Mm. So there you go. He survived the me too thing remember he was yep. he was a part of it but i think what he did that was really special and that was really needed is he came out and even if he didn't feel that way in that certain instance he came out in his comedy special and was like 
if I made her feel uncomfortable, that was not my intent and all, took full blame. And I think that's what needs to happen sometimes, you know? I mean, especially in the day and age that we live in. So thought it was necessary and good for him for continuing to find work and acknowledge past Absolutely. hiccups. Um, now, heading over to Fox, Whitney Cummings has been cast in an episode of the upcoming Fox anthology series, uh, Accused. Cummings uh, will play Brenda, a female stand-up comic who is focused to confront public opinion and courtroom biases after she reports of being sexually assaulted. Damn, that now, sounds Now, this is really interesting because Whitney Cummings, you guys remember, she had her own show a couple of years back, and the coast star on there another comedian she says that there were issues there sexually that there was some unwanted stuff going on he's still denying it he says it's not true none of it happened but she kind of so now to play this basically character that's that that's going through that type of a scenario that that's going to be really interesting and um you know i love though that they're working all of that stuff into these shows and movies because that's the way we talk about it all the way all the time that's how you start these conversations by doing it in a way that people can get behind and talk and feel comfortable about it so yeah, it's good. Uh, it's very needed. Yeah, it is. Okay, jumping over to Warner Media for the time being. We all know it's changing soon. But Warner Brothers, get this, guys. Warner Brothers Pictures is turning 100 next April, and the legendary studio is kicking off the celebration of its centennial early with the reveal of a commemorative logo, which is pretty cool. It features the famous water tower, as it should. This week, Warner Brothers unveiled its special 100 years of storytelling version of the classic logo, which now incorporates the studio's, like I said, iconic Warner Brothers water tower. The release of the Centennial logo came along with the announcement that the studio will roll out commemorative products, content, and events in the months leading up to its 100th anniversary next spring. Mm. Now, specific details regarding the Centennial activities will be released in the coming months, but we're hearing the plans include not only commemorative product launches, but also so classic films being re-released in theaters, special content releases, including a Warner Brothers retrospective, oh, wow. consumer live event experiences, and a special celebration at the Warner Brothers lot. All fucking epic. That's really awesome, especially for, you know, film buffs like myself who are younger, who didn't get to see some of these films in the theaters. That's going to be really special to get to go back and watch them because that's what I did with Ghostbusters. To see the original Ghostbusters on the big screen, it was very awesome and amazing so i'm i'm really excited about this and the merch and the movies like and that whole story just proves my point of lose fucking discovery and just right. call it right. warner brothers a hundred years of history <laughs> just that's so funny. Well, have you guys been wondering how the Batman has been performing at the box office? The answer is really good. Just really <laughs> fucking good. Matt Reeves, the Batman, passed $300 million in North America this past weekend, making the comic book adaptation the sep- the second pandemic-era movie to yep. cross that benchmark following No Way or after No Way Home, uh, Spider-Man. And in total, the Batman added... million from uh, 57 overseas markets, and that's 76 overseas markets, (laughs) um, taking its global total to a mighty $598 million. Now, those returns represented a much-needed commercial win for Warner Brothers, which spent $200 million to produce The Batman, the many millions more to market the film across audiences all across the world, 
And you guys know they spent out a shit ton on their actors because they were like top of the line. Oh yeah. So they're they're doing pretty nice. They're yeah. Doing pretty and harsh. I'm I'm guessing after this weekend they'll be well on their way to profit. Uh, you know, they, in fact, they probably will go into profit after this weekend. And, and so you can guarantee the sequel's coming. <laughs> and how do you keep people talking about it? How do you keep people wanting to go see it? By keep dropping little tidbits. Exactly. And speaking of, director Matt Reeves also released a deleted scene from the superhero epic this week featuring Robert Pattinson's Caped Crusader facing off against his classic nemesis. That's right, not the Riddler, the Joker, played by Barry Keough. Now, the scene is available after visiting a website that mimics the world puzzles posed by the Riddler, of course, Paul Dano in the movie. Reeves previously noted that the scene follows Batman's discovery that the Riddler has killed the Gotham City Police Commissioner, leaving behind another of his cryptic notes addressed to the Batman. Unnerved by that, he goes uh, to the Joker of all people to seek out insight into what the, that why it's happening. What what's his thought process on why the Riddler is leaving these notes for him and and what you know what's going on. So the scene ends. He do, he doesn't provide much help, and the scene ends yeah. with Joker actually taunting Batman with the unsettling truth that there's a part of him that actually agrees with what the Riddler is doing to dispatch the bad guys in Gotham. Um. A couple of really, really interesting things about this version of the Joker that I jumped on. One, he refers to it's almost their anniversary. Yeah. Um, and so they've already got history. Somehow, some way, Batman played into who he is or how he is or what, you know, they've got history there already. Um, two, if you looked at him, it wasn't the, oh, he fell into a vat of chemicals kind of thing. And it wasn't the makeup like like Heath Ledger's kind of – he's all fucking scarred up and cut up and everything. And his – Matt Reeves was saying that his is a congenital disease that he was born with that makes him unable to not smile. And I guess his entire life he just was in a world of shit because of that, getting made fun of and bullied and beat up. And he just – lost his shit and started like fucking his face and his hands and and, and is like so that is the progression of how he started to go insane and i guess reeves also hinted that he's not full out joker yet that 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 he will at some point define himself as that a crazy clown um but it's interesting it's a totally different take on it it really is like and i mean especially yeah like you said the new take with why his face is like that and his hair is already green but his hair is like barely there yeah and like let's be honest about it the most iconic thing when referring to the joker is the laugh now, there was certain parts of the laugh, like when he first started to tease it before the ending laugh, mm-hmm. that I was like, oh shit, that's that's fucking scary. Yeah. Like, it was very eerie. But then towards the end, like, I'm glad, first of all, I'm glad that they didn't put this in the movie, because it would have been a lot going on. Um, and again, you guys know that I am just not for another iteration of the Joker, because I feel like the past... Two out of three of the past Jokers were absolutely brilliant and amazing and done such great work to the character. But I will say that I am interested in seeing what would happen with this one. But at the same time, I'm like, do we need... I would rather see, like, Mr. Freeze or another adaptation of Bane or, like, just all these different... Bring back Raza Gould, like, all these different characters that I feel like... Batman has more freaking like drama with, or even fucking your guy. Uh, 
What's his name? Your favorite villain. Your favorite villain. I put you on the spot. My favorite Batman villain? Deathstroke. 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 Yeah. Bring, bring back fucking Deathstroke, especially with Robert Pattinson. I feel like that would be very fucking interesting. So, you know, I'm like I said, I'm glad they didn't put this in the film. It was a very interesting take, but I just, ah, do we need it? Do we need it? Well, I, don't, I, I don't think we do. Here, here's, here's what I yeah, – it definitely was not necessary for the film, although I like the idea of Batman going to talk to a psychopath about why it's, – it reminded me of Silence of the Lambs where Clarissa goes to talk to another serial killer about why a serial killer is doing what he's doing. It made sense that Batman would go to this guy, especially if they have history, and say, hey, I need to get inside your fucking head. Why is this crazy guy doing this? Right. That may, but it wasn't necessary if we didn't have context of the Joker, yeah. and I feel like that's why – why it was left out. That said, I I agree with you. I don't want to necessarily see more Joker at this point, but I would like to see this guy in the background more continue to build the story of his progression to become the Joker. Is he a constant thorn in Pattinson's Batman's character, you know, amongst taking care of these other villains? Like you said, bring in the other villains, do storylines like you did brilliantly with the Riddler, but have that guy back there, that constant, you know, thorn in the paw of Batman that's eating at him and let's see more of the development of who this guy is that becomes the joker that's what i would like to see and then maybe at some point years from now give us that big joker movie when we're wanting it at that point you know because you've built this like very subtle history up to it you know does that make sense that's kind of what i want to see yeah for sure and i mean yeah, there's so many other characters. Yeah, that's I mean, what, just a ton. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, it's very interesting. Watch it. It's a good five-minute clip. I watched it again this morning, so it's just fucking... Oh, and his performance is like he tried to pay homage to all of the past, yet make it completely his own, which is exactly what Reeves did. So I thought it was a great performance. It's, yeah. a, it's a brilliant rendition of him. This Joker. Agreed, so. agreed. Well, that's not the only thing happening at Warner Brothers. You know, there's a whole bunch of legendary entertainment. Haha. Um, Warner Brothers and legendary entertainment are making a sequel to Godzilla vs. Kong, okay. apparently. Um, it will return to film in Australia later this year. It is expected to film at Gold Coast and other locations in the southeast Queens Island state, marketing the third time that the MonsterVerse titled its lens in that region now godzilla versus kong uh filmed on the gold coast in 2019 while uh kong skull island was filmed in the state in 2016 now the production is expected to generate more than 88 million dollars into the economy and employ more than 500 local cast and crew so that's very exciting and it's possible to use up to and more than 750 extras which is more money into the economy so yeah i think it's a special thing but again do we need this i don't know but if we are getting it which apparently we are this time it's gonna have to be a fucking definitive win for kong not any of this bullshit because this time clearly if they're going back there to film there it's gonna be on kong's you know, ground. Like this last one was all Godzilla, Godzilla, Godzilla. And it, did he win? Did he not win? Kind of a thing. But yeah, if you're going back to the area where Kong is from, I feel like, and then you don't let him win, that's fucking bullshit. God, Godzilla won. Like if there wasn't Godzilla, Kong would have died. That's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. That's what I'm saying. If, it, if they're doing this and it's on Kong's fucking island, 
Kong needs to fucking win. Godzilla That's all I'm saying. It's Kong. It's Kong. In the mood to watch South Park or Friends, <laughs> but you just want to see a random episode because you can't pick one of your favorites, HBO Max now has you covered. The streamer has introduced a new shuffle button, a highly requested feature that gives users the option to just play a random episode of the curated selection of the series on the platform. Now, the move comes nearly a year after Netflix officially launched their Play Something, a shuffle option that pulls up a TV show or movie based on subscribers viewing history or plucked from their watch list. Now, HBO Max's version of the shuffle button, by contrast, doesn't span everything on the service. Rather, it's limited to only 45 shows for now. But it does include Friends, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Big Bang Theory, Looney Tunes, Rick and Morty, Teen Titans Go, and South Park. The company says the HBO Max shuffle is designed to randomize episodes within a given series because that gives the user some context into the content they will be shown. So, okay. You're basically saying it's the same, but not the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, all these streamers are just trying to follow suit with each other, so yep. it makes sense. And just like that, we have another story to talk about, <laughs> which is, and just like that, it has been renewed for a second season at HBO Max. Wow. And the renewal of the Sex and the City sequel uh, may have been later than expected, which is very surprising to me. I don't know why we need this. Uh, but sources say that is somewhat of a formality. HBO Max's renewal announcement confirms the return of Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker, <laughs> Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis. Now, Davis and, and, or Davis and Nixon are also executive producers on this project. And again, like I said, is this necessary? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, Okay. HBO is also developing a long-awaited adaptation of Robinson Mysteries, uh, Mysteries, critically acclaimed award-winning novel, A Fine Balance. Mm. The seven-part series, like the novel, will center on a rich widow, two tailors, and a young student... Did they go in a bar? Like, right. But. <laughs> it's, I don't know. That just sounds like a bad joke. Uh, apparently, they all have vastly different parts of an Indian society whose lives intersect in a tiny apartment. Now, it traverses political landscape into India from the country's independence in 1947 through the 21-month state of emergency called by then-Prime Minister Indira Gandhi between 75 and 1977. The show is looking to shoot in India from early June through November. So... Okay, there you go. Right? I mean, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Just like there's good stuff on the CW. And with that, there's going to be a whole bunch of renewals. Oh, yeah. Like All-American, The Flash, Kung Fu, Nancy Drew, Riverdale, Superman and Lois, and Walker have all been renewed at the CW. Given the renewals, this means that All-American will be back for Season 5, The Flash will be back for Season 9, Kung Fu will return for Season 3, Nancy Nancy Drew will return for Season 4, Riverdale will be back for Season 7, damn, it's been on that long, Yeah. Uh, Superman and Lois is coming back for Season 3, and Walker will be back for Season 3 as well. Now, the CW has just uh, given three pilots in contention this season, including a DC project that we've been talking about, Gotham Knights, and as well as the prequel, like we talked about as well, uh, Walker Independence and the Winchesters, uh, the latter which takes place before the events of Supernatural. So you've heard about these projects. Which ones are you excited for? We're excited for all of them, I honestly. Mean, hell yeah, like, and the biggest question coming out of that is, is as we all know, Grant Gustin is only signed through this season. That's what I'm saying. Eight. So 
if it's getting a season nine, are we going to get a new flash? Are we going to get like, you know, that I'm beyond confused because he's, he's only limited in this season. He didn't even come back for the full season this season. So what's going to happen there? I'm excited. Exactly. And there's so many different worlds on the CW. Like, I mean, Supernatural, DC, there's so much going on. So how, how does that work? I don't know. It's going to be, but I mean, there's plenty of people that, I mean, you've got Kid Flash and you've got Impulse and you've got uh, XS so they could all step up to the mantle and become but I don't know. Volleyball up, yeah. whiff. <laughs> whiff. I don't know. I'm just saying. Volleyball up, whiff. It would be interesting, though. I would like to see Kid Flash take over as Flash, not just like Kid Flash. Because that's what happened in the comic books. Yeah. He did become Flash yeah. and was Flash forever before they decided to bring Barry back, which, you know. I was trying to set you up for this next story. I know, yeah, I yeah. know. Volleyball I know. up, whiff. whiff. <laughs> I know. Okay, but speaking of Gotham Knights, <laughs> Supernatural alum Misha Collins, who played the trench coat wearing Angel Castiel, as you guys know, on the long running CW series, get this, has been cast on the network's pilots. So that's exciting. Who's he going to play in Gotham Knights? Collins is going to play District Attorney Harvey Dent in the project, aka Two Face. Dose. That is going to be fucking awesome. I think he's going to be a brilliant. And, and the CW, in their log line or official description, made it clear he will progress into Two Face. We're going to see him as oh. Two Face, which is going to be epic. And I love Misha. He tweeted about it and he said, No, seriously, guys, I've really asked the guys over at the CW if Harvey can wear the uh, beige trench coat. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, Fucking right, he did. <laughs> that would be to bring a little piece of Castiel into right. the world. I mean, that'd be badass. I so. love that. Though. That's so awesome. Yeah. Well, other things that are happening over there, like we talked about the Winchesters. Well, Meg Donnelly and Drake Roger mm. have been cast as the leads in the Winchesters. Now, the CW pilot that acts as a prequel to the hit series to Supernatural, like we just told you, uh, those two will lead the series as Mary Campbell and John Winchester, respectively, the parents of Supernatural's protagonist, Sam and Dean. So that's very exciting. We're getting the parents. I mean, it'd be awesome if we could get little cameos from the original cast like Jeffrey Dean Morgan and of course you know uh, Jensen and uh, yeah, Jared. Yeah, I th- I think if, if if Jeffrey Dean Morgan and, and the woman and I can't I hate I that know, I, can't I can't remember, remember her name, name either. that played the mom and dad. If they could have some sort of a like their thinking back kind of a thing to where we could just for whatever reason see them. We know they all died, but like if we could see them and then go to the younger versions, that would be cool. Definitely. Um, and maybe because you know Dean is narrating it. It's him telling the story of his parents. So. We could see the older version as he, yeah. if he brings a memory. I don't know. This one's interesting to me because of the story that we just talked about a couple a couple back with all the renewals on the CW. This particular show was not on the list. <laughs> it was not on the list of renewals. And yet, Natasha Henstrich is joining the CW's Charmed in a recurring role. Mm. Henstrich will appear as Diana, described as a confident, strong, and wry-witted. Diana is another white lighter when it is believed that Harry... Uh, who's played by Rupert Evans, was the only one left. Now, Diana seeks Harry out in the hopes that he can help her escape from a bizarre, magical predicament in which she finds herself. So, um, is this a good sign that maybe this bubble show is going to get renewed? I don't see why you'd be casting more recurring members if you're not bringing it back. Right. Um, So, we'll see. Yeah, we shall, man. We shall. Well... Tom Swift? Who, what, why does that sound familiar? Mm. Oh, yeah. Nancy Drew. It's going to be a <laughs> spinoff of the mystery series. Uh, it's going to premiere its first episode May 31st on DCW. The series, which was first announced in 2020, stars Tyann Richards from Dumplin', and we got the 
as the title character, who was first created in the 1910 book Tom Swift and His Motorcycle. Now, originally portrayed by the teen as a teen adventure, uh, the series reimagines Swift as a black gay billionaire who is thrust into conflict with a mysterious global cabal following the sudden disappearance of his father. Hmm. Now, Richards first appeared as the character in season two of Nancy Drew. And so, you know, with Ashley Murray as co-stars with a series as Swift's best friend, uh, Zenzine. So that's that's very exciting. It's yeah. very exciting. Well, she's been all over since she left Riverdale. Huh? Right? They're, <laughs> they're kind of like, building this little universe. I guess so. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be I like that. You know, that's an interesting take on Tom Swift. Oh, sure. Um, I think it's going to be good. All right. Jumping over to Paramount, who was smart enough to change their name to the Motor Iconic. Uh, Taraji P. Henson. Oh, my gosh. I love Taraji P. Henson's. Her, her TPH Entertainment has signed a new overall deal with Paramount-owned BET Studios. Under the new pact, as always, Henson and TPH Entertainment will partner with the Studio Venture, which supplies content to Paramount Plus, Showtime, CBS, Nickelodeon, BET Plus, and BET, as well as select third-party platforms. Now, launched in September of 2021, BET Studios was designed to supply the increased demand for premium content from leading and rising black creators. So, uh, awesome. Love to see it, man. Yeah. What and I mean? Taraji, she's just like a rock star. So yeah, exactly. I think, and I, it, you know, hopefully she can repair with Danny Strong because that thing didn't work out that they were worth the cookie spinoff. Yep. Maybe they can get together and develop something else on there. That'd be awesome. That would be pretty badass. Well, somebody else who's really badass, especially in the black community, and that is the one and only Tyler Perry. Now, the Oval and Sisters have both been renewed for the fourth and fifth season, respectively, at the one and only BET Productions. On the new seasons for both series are set to star Tyler Perry at Tyler Perry Studios this spring. So this man is probably the busiest man in Hollywood, or Atlanta, as you would like to say. Oh, yeah. Um, But I just... He's also something special in front of the screen too, so I would love to see more of that oh, as yeah. well. Absolutely, and I'm sure we will. I'm, I mean, he's not done acting for sure. Come on now. All right, now this is the CBS show that we just can't stop talking about for good and bad reasons. Apparently, Fix. we've given you all the huge casting news: Gina Davis and Skylar Aston, and like all these woohoo. And then we told you that um, apparently now uh, Gina Davis not going to be involved. What am I talking yeah, about? Well, some... there's a major casting change on the CBS's uh, mother-son legal drama pilot. Oscar winner Marsha Gay Harden is apparently in negotiations to now play the female lead opposite Skylar Aston. Mm. She will replace fellow Oscar winner Gina Davis, who was originally cast in the pilot, as we told you, but now is no longer part of the project. Mm. Sources say the pilot had already had a table read at the top of last week and had filmed for a couple of days when Davis just departed earlier this week. Production has been paused for a few days until the new female lead is locked in. Like, there was really no word, and we couldn't find out from any sources why she walked off. Yeah. Or was it a, a creative difference? Was it a, some sort of now a scheduling conflict? Or did she just fucking decide, eh, maybe I don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. So uh, if we find out, we'll keep you up to date on that story. But it just seems like that's a show we're going to be talking about because things keep happening. Right. At least they found another Oscar winner, though. I mean, <laughs> you right? Know? Like, I mean, Marsha.
Marsha Gay is like fantastic, so it's going to be great. Exactly. Well, Jimmy Smith has signed on yes. to the CBS drama pilot East New York. Now, Smith joins previously announced series leads uh, Amanda Warren in the pilot alongside fellow cast members Ruben Santiago Hudson, uh, Richard Kine, Level Salci, and Olivia Luciardi. Now, Smith will star as a three-star chef, John Cherez. <laughs> chief. Uh, three-star <laughs> chief, not a three-star chef. Damn, nobody would go to that restaurant. Uh, whose experience commanding patience and strong moral center helps him oversee a melding of communities and uh, precedents uh, that serve him and all of these other fucking people. Maybe that's that what the NYPD needs. Maybe all the bullshit that's happening with the NYPD and all this, maybe it's just because they need a fucking chef. Right. Bring in Jimmy Smith to cook some shit. It'll fix everything. It'll be great. (laughs) It'll be great. I am excited to see him come back, though, because obviously NYPD blue, but he's been on so much awesome stuff, and I just fucking love him, so he's going to be great. This one, what the fuck? It goes under the my what the fuck category. The love boat soon will be making another run. And I'm not even joking, guys. Apparently, it really is. But this time... As a reality dating series, CBS has ordered The Real Love Boat, set to air in the U.S. later this year. Now, the show is exactly what it sounds like, a reality dating competition show, but patterned after the hit 1970s hour-long comedy, The Love Boat. And just as Princess Cruises served as the backdrop for the scripted series back in the day, the cruise line ships will also serve as the setting for the new unscripted show. Production on the series will begin this summer, and according to the logline, the real love boat brings singles together to cruise the Mediterranean on a luxury cruise ship while looking for love. Mm. Destination dates, challenges, and surprises singles will test the couple's compatibility and chemistry. Now, like the beloved original scripted series, the indispensable crew members, including captain and cruise director, will play pivotal roles in the matchmaking and navigation of the romantic and sometimes turbulent waters ahead. Contestants will spend nearly a month at sea, but just one winning couple will make it to the final port and win a cash prize, plus a trip courtesy of Princess Cruises, which serves as the series' exclusive cruise line partner. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that that company was almost bankrupt until the love boat in the 70s. And that saved them. And then everybody wanted to be on a fucking princess cruise and go. And so (laughs) are they in trouble again and they're bringing – is that why? Or or are they just going to try to capitalize? I have no idea. It would make sense, man. It Don't really would. think it's necessary. Well, Taylor Sheridan better watch out, man, because <laughs> the creators of Halo and this new series have set a new record at Paramount Plus as the most watched series global <gasps> premiere in its first 24 hours of releasing. Now topping the previously marked established by Yellowstone prequel 1983 back in December. The series, which has already been renewed for the second season, takes place in the universe that first debuted in 2001 with the launch of the Xbox first Halo game. Uh, dramatizing an epic 20th century, 26th century conflict between humanity and an alien threat known as the Covenant. Mm. Halo star uh, Pablo Shavarble, uh, uh <laughs> Pablo Shabir as the Master Chief Spartan eleven uh, seven. Uh, Natasha Elhone as Dr. Halsey, the brilliant, conflicted, and indestructible creator of the Spartan super soldiers, and Jen Taylor as Cortana, the most advanced AI in human history and potentially the key to the survival of the human race. This is one I have not checked out yet, but it's on my to-do 
to-do list. So I'm super excited about it. I was a huge fan of the game, and I'll be interested if they bring some of the um, weapons into play because they had this really cool sword that I always used to love. <laughs> you weren't good with the sword, but it was fun to have. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure I, they can do anything now with CGI, so Facts. I bet you will. Uh, hey, remember that Teen Wolf revival movie that we told you about over at Paramount Plus? Well, it's added five more actors to the cast, including multiple returning stars from the original series. The new cast members are Ian Bowen returning as Peter Hale, Vince Mattis as Eli Hale, 15-year-old son of Derek Hale, Nobi Nakahashani as Deputy Ishida, Kylan Rambando returning as Mason Hewitt, and Amy Lynn Workman as Hikari Zhang. Nakushinkini has also previously been in the original Teen Wolf in a different role, will now be appearing in two episodes of season three. That's into. They're doing that a lot lately, where you were somebody in one, but now you're coming on the same show and playing somebody else. That's interesting. It really is. Well, a live-action version of The Loud House has been picked up to series at Paramount+. Plus. The announcement was made as part of Nickelodeon's upfront presentation hmm. this week. Production will begin for the new series in June, with the premiere set for later this year. The 10-episode will show will be produced by Nickelodeon Studios for the streaming platform. News of the series comes after the launch of the live action movie a loud house christmas that was back in november so you know they're just trying to build off that build off that success and got to make it happen i gotta say i haven't seen that one nor have i know i I guess we'll check it out yeah for sure Uh, jumping over to nbc universal hey black lightning he's still around chris williams and cheyenne tomlinson have both been cast in the nbc drama pilot unbroken Mm. the pair joins previously announced cast members scott bacula anna wood and amanda payton the series follows three dynastic ranch families on the central coast of California as they make love and war in a passionate struggle to survive, oh. ultimately setting the stage for a group of fiercely determined young women to win big for all at the national championships of rodeo. Oh. Now, Williams will star as Will Stanton, a retired bull riding champion and manager of the Hollerine Ranch, a warm and unflappable man. Will is Cole's best friend and uncle to his his adult children. Tomlinson will play Ngozi Gozi Stanton, a fiercely competitive girl with a dazzling smile who's determined to become a rodeo champion like her father. There you go. Hollywood's going western, man. They, I'm telling you, Yellowstone has caused just like gigantic, everybody wants yep. to be on a horse. Hey, right? Yeehaw, motherfuckers. <laughs> like, shit. Well, veteran sportscaster Mike Trico will join NBC's Sunday Night Football booth next fall, pairing up with mm. analyst uh, Chris Collinsworth in the latest shakeup amongst the announcers who call the plays of the most TV's most watched sport in the world. Now, Mike uh, fills a spot left vacant by a departure of, obviously, the one and only Al Michaels, legendary. Where is Al Michaels, we'll tell you, in just a few minutes. Yeah, because, so I mean, tuned. like, what happened there? Why, I mean, he was like a, a, a fixture. Huge. Uh, I mean, that this is interesting, and, and you'll find out where he's going. Uh, Hendrix Yancey has been cast in a main role in the Peacock True Trime True blah, 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 blah. True crime series, a friend of the family. She joins previously announced cast members McKenna Grace, Anna Paquin, Jake Lacey, Colin Hanks, and Leo Tipton. Now, the series is based on the true story of the Broberg family, traditional life in the idyllic American city. Jan trusts family friend and neighbor Robert Burke told, though he has plans for her abduction that she 
doesn't suspect. It was previously announced, uh, as we told you last week, that McKenna Grace will play the older version of Broberg in the story. So there you go. First of all, come up with better last names, and what the fuck is this shit? This I mean, is dark and twisted. Like, how do, you, how do you get abducted again by the same person? Right, like I don't understand that. Like, oh, wasn't he in jail? Like, I did they not? Like, I don't. I guess we're gonna have to watch to find out. That makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> uh, heading over to Sony earlier this week. The first reviews of the upcoming Sony Marvel movie Morbius, starring Jared Leto, came out. And uh, which the film, which will finally be released in theaters April 1st of 2022, after seven delays, unfortunately, seems like it won't be worth the wait. And I could have told you that. The first reviews for the movie didn't hold back in impressing their or impressing their disappointment with comments such as Morbius. It is about as bad as you were expecting. A 2005 plot collides with a visual confusing. CGI to create a bit of snoozing fest. Oh my goodness. And Morbius is just a disjointed and boring as you would expect it to be. Clearly butchered in an edit by the studio who had no clue what they wanted to do with it. Uh, not that there's a good film trapped in here at all. Now the mid credit scene are a joke. But stick around if you would like to roll your eyes. Um, most critics agreed with this, that the movie is pretty messy and disappointing. And many agreed that the post credit scene is very bad. So that is very disappointing. I personally was not excited for this one in the first place. So... There it is, guys. There it is. Sony just doesn't know what to do. No. That's what it is. And, and here's Sony the just thing. doesn't. This is what's interesting, too, because the director came out and confirmed that Vulture, Michael Keaton's Vulture, is not a variant. Mm. He is the one from the MCU, and he has made his way to this universe. So that means at least if there's any good little thing to take away from this horrible movie which apparently it's going to be is that they are able to transverse between the multiverses so yeah. it's not always going to be variants that we see it yeah. could actually be those people which is that are they setting up venom for the mcu like oh no no no, no. it's our venom and he's going to be in the mcu it's not going to be a variant venom right. so i don't know but I'm not going to watch the movie to find out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sadly. It, I mean, haven't they learned their lesson yet? Just have Marvel Studios make the movies. Just do it. If Marvel Studios isn't involved, they're going to suck. Yeah. And that's why Venom was successful because Feige was involved with those. Exactly. Like, just learn the lesson, man. Uh, jump into MGM. MGM, almost fully acquired now by Amazon, as we know. Uh, they've acquired the worldwide distribution rights to Luca Guadagnino's Bones and All, starring Timothy Chalamet and Taylor Russell. The project, Guadagnino's, I, I can't even, Guadagnino's, <laughs> I've said his name like four different times now. Uh, it's his first U.S. set feature, which also starts Mark, uh, stars Mark Rylance, Andre Holland, Jessica Harper, Michael Stolberg, David Jordan Green, Francesca Scorsese, yes. I said Scorsese, and Chloe Savini. The film chronicles the story of first love between Marin, a young woman learning how to survive on the margins of society, and Lee, an intense and disenfranchised drifter, as they meet, join together for a thousand-mile odyssey that takes them through back roads, hidden passages, and trap doors of Ronald Reagan's America. But despite their best efforts, all roads lead back to their terrifying pasts and a final stand that will determine whether their love can survive their otherness. Interesting. Um, all of that is a lot. I don't, okay. I don't know if that sounds good. 
I'm just saying. We'll see MGM. We'll see. Or Amazon, I should say. Uh, (laughs) Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, sure. Uh, Hallmark, they have begun production on its new movie. And under the Mohogany Mohogany banner titled uh, Unthinkably Good Things. Now, the film will star uh, Karen Pittman. Yes. The film is set to debut on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. And it sees a woman named Allison at the crossroads in her career and love life and in need of the love and support of Melina and Reese or Rissa. Now those are going to be played by Joyful Drake and Erica Ash. They said that they will visit uh, in Tuckany uh, a reunion that causes each woman to re-examine the state of their own relationships. Uh, while they have different personalities and different perspectives, as we all do, we know they know each other's truths and help make life-changing decisions. Uh, Jermaine Love and Lance Gross will also star in this thing, so I think this is going to be a great female buddy like, you know, coming together and helping each other out. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, and good for them. And if anybody's not familiar, you know, this mahogany label was created by Hallmark uh, based on their line of cards, greeting cards that are are focused strictly for the African-American community. And so they created this label under their movies to make movies that focus on st- black creators and black stories and from black perspective. And so good for them. I think this is great. Um, we'll see how it turns out. Uh, jumping to Netflix, Andrew Dominic, the filmmaker behind Netflix's, I'm so fucking excited about this, I can't even tell you. Andrew Dominic, the filmmaker behind Netflix's long-anticipated Marilyn Monroe drama, Blonde, uh, he says it is now officially rated NC-17. The film, as we've told you, stars Anna de Armas as Hollywood icon and is based on Joyce Carol Oates' 2000 novel, which takes a fictionalized look at Monroe's inner life. Now, whispers have circulated for months about alleged clashes between Dominic and Netflix over the final cut of the movie, including rumors that the film includes a scene featuring menstrual oral sex. Dominic shot down that rumor, calling it hilarious, but did confirm that the film does indeed depict a rape scene as written in Joyce Carol Oates' novel. Dominic added that even with all the controversy and turbulence, he has nothing but gratitude for Netflix, noting the streaming giant supported the title even when it had some issues with its content. And the director said, it's much easier to support stuff when you like it. It's much harder when you don't. Netflix has not yet announced a release date for Blonde, but the title was included in the official 2022 Film Slate announcement. So it's coming up. Mm. Um so much to to put there because i mean anybody who knows marilyn's tragic life and even though this is a fictionalized version there's a lot of truth in this book i've read this book and it's pretty intense and the rape scene is brutal um so the fact that they're going to show that is going to be intense and um i don't know i also heard rumors that they had to do a lot of adr because anna de armis who took nine months with a dialect coach getting marilyn's accent and and stuff down was struggling and they had to go back into adr and do it so uh, i don't know if that's true or not true but um man yeah, it, there's a lot of controversy around this film, yeah. and uh, I'm pumped. I'm I can't same wait. man, same. Something that we are not pumped about and mm. not excited at all. Archive 81 got canceled after one season at Netflix, which makes no sense because, as we told you before, it was in Netflix's top ten watch list uh, shortly after its debut, and it was a whole bunch of people rotting it. Yeah, or uh, watching it, and I mean, it was averaging about an 81 percentile uh, on Rotten Tomatoes for critic reviews so that's very surprising i bet you 
they just couldn't put that type of money towards it anymore because as you saw in season one they had a lot of epic cgi effects we were comparing it to stranger things in the sense of you know their global beautifulness when it comes to the cgi i just don't think they were willing to put that money where it needed to be well especially because towards the end of the series it started to get very intense and and special effects heavy and so going forward it was clearly going to be taking that path with much more special effects and cgi involved and unfortunate man you probably i know it sucks because it was a great show uh <laughs> That's all I can say about it. Yeah. Uh, this one's exciting, though. Emily in Paris actress Philippine Leroy Bio, um, as you guys, she's the boss of Lily Collins' character there, revealed that she will be appearing in the forthcoming season of The Crown. Now, she will portray Monique Ritz, widow of Charles Ritz, who sold his family-named Paris Hotel to... Mohammed El Fayed, as you guys know, uh, in 1979, it was the hotel where Diana, Princess of Wales, and Dodi Fayed, his son, uh, spent their final evening before the car crash that killed them both in August of 97. Mm. A tragedy that, of course, as you know, plunged the UK into mourning and tested the public's affection for the monarchy in its unprecedented fashion. Um, it sure the fuck did. They hated the fucking queen mm. uh, at that point because um, they loved fucking Diana. And um, I love that they are not going to shy away from this. They are yep. clearly going to dive into it and go for it And because um, there was a lot of question whether they would touch that or not and clearly the answer now is yes. Right? Like, oh my goodness. Well, guys, I know a lot of people are excited about this new Adams Family project that is coming up on Netflix. Well, the one of the originals of the films is coming back and that is Christina Ricci and now the actress who played Wednesday in the iconic 90s franchise. So that's super exciting and she will she uh, is returning to the universe by joining Netflix's uh, Wednesday series in a mystery role. We all know uh, she will not be playing the older version of the character for Wednesday, but further details about her character are being kept under wraps because, you know, it's something exciting for people to look forward to. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, you thought for sure when they announced her she would for sure be the older but uh, apparently not. I wonder who she's going to be. Uh, this one I've never jumped on board. I haven't watched a single episode of this show, but it's getting ready for season four. Yeah. <laughs> I better get on it. Charlotte Ritchie is set for a main role in season four of You at Netflix. Ritchie will appear as Kate. The character is described as a fearsomely smart, independent, suspicious, Mrs. Nothing type person. She is fiercely loyal to her friends, a brick wall to everyone else. The daughter of a chaotic, bohemian single mother, Kate worked hard to create the life she now leads. She's an art gallery director whose job means managing temptuous artists. Kate tends to be the adult in the room and has embraced the moniker of Icy Bitch. Production recently began on season four, which is believed to take place in Europe, given the events of how season three ended. Well, thanks for ruining that for me, guys. Uh, I didn't catch season three, but apparently we're over in Europe. Exactly, so, man. Right. It's wild. It's wild. Well, heading over to Amazon. It's official, fans. Thursday Night Football will air next season, and you will hear one of TV's most recognizable voices calling the games. And like we were saying, it is the one and only Al Michaels. Ah. 
That's super shit. freaking crazy, man. A lot of cutting the cords are heading over to like this type of thing. So I think that's something that Amazon definitely has ahead of all the other streamers. They are definitely making it like, you know, the sports place to be. They're doing that with baseball now too. So it's very interesting, man. That's uh that's starting Thursday, September fifteenth. Michaels will team up with uh, analyst Kirk Hestreit, uh, um known for his college football uh mm-hmm. powerness on ESPN. So that's super freaking exciting, man. And Al Michaels is a legend. He's been around for years. So. Yeah. I mean that this will mark his thirty seventh or I mean thirty eighth year broadcasting football which ties a record so that's like massive and i didn't know this researching this story i also found out and i don't know how i fucking missed this joe buck and troy aikman left fox really they're gone they're they're taking over monday night football oh wow i had no fucking idea i'm like what like what are you talking about but yeah they're taking over monday night football and aikman's banking he's making 96.2 million dollars off that deal that's crazy that is fucking crazy i didn't had i had no idea all right so you guys know right amazon bought mgm that means they got james bond now and everybody's like what are they gonna do what are they gonna do well this is not anything that we thought they would do but apparently they are the world of james bond is hitting the streaming world a lot sooner than you'd think amazon prime's video has greenlit its first TV show based on the iconic British spy with 007's Road to a Million, a Bond-style spin on a race around the world. That's right, it's a reality show, guys. The eight-part series will be produced by Britain 72 Films. Uh, this is just crazy to me. And um, let's see, sources say the project has been in the works at Prime Video for around four years, so yeah. even long before the MGM deal was finalized, and it sits separately to any shows that may come out of the new pact with, with the merger. So, um, but... A reality show based on Bond? Right. It's like Amazing Race, but with Bond. Exactly. That's very interesting. I don't know how I feel about that one. When we were talking about a James Bond show, this is not what we meant. No, no. Oh, my goodness. Well, Apple, they're doing some things. Apple TV Plus announced that Gabrielle Union will star in Season 3 of the Octavia Spencer-led anthology drama series, Truth Be Told. Now, Union will play Eva, an unspoken high school principal. Truth Be Told follows Spencer. Spencer as a poppy's as poppy schoolville a uh, true crime podcaster mm. who risks everything including her life to pursue the truth now season three sees poppy focus on eva's case as she becomes embroiled in the problematic incident so Ooh. that that sounds crazy man that does sound pretty intense hey sharon hogan's new apple series has set its main cast finally the series now titled bad sisters will star horgan and marie duff eva birthslide Sarah Green and Eve Hewson as the Garvey sisters, Clace Bang, Brian Gleason, Daryl McCormick, Asan Boob, and Sai Quinn also star. The series, if you don't know, follows the lives of the Garvey sisters bound together by the premature death of their parents and a promise to always protect one another. The show was originally ordered at Apple back in September with a 10-episode order. It's now expected to debut later this year. I guess so now that it's got a cast. Right? <laughs> like, Shit. So many exciting things happen in Hollywood, man. We're pumped for him. We know you are too. But we're also super pumped for this interview that is about yes. to come up. We got the one and only Jessica Miapolito coming on to talk about our film, Deadlines. Yes. I'm so freaking pumped, guys. This was such an experience to make. This was such – like it had ups and downs and just like all kinds of just wonderful, fantastic memories. So now that we're finally able to bring people on and talk – about it and 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 have you guys in on that experience it's just amazing it really is it really is well here she is 
Jessica Mia Polito, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. How are you? I'm great. Thank you guys for having me. How have you guys been? Oh, we've been living the dream, living the dream, yes. you know. Nonstop. Nonstop. Non-stop. Always going. <laughs> Staying very busy. But we are super pumped to finally have you on the show. And everybody should be excited because there's a reason that you're on the show. Because we are going to be talking about our film that everybody knows that we made and that you star in. Oh, which is, of course, why we have you on the show. Yes. Which is going to be super amazing, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. But what we want to do to kind of start off is introduce you to our listeners who might not be familiar with who you are and everything, kind of give them a little bit of background on you. So let's start off with acting. Was it always something that you knew you wanted to do, or did you kind of fall into it? Or talk about how you got started. I would say yes and no, because growing up, I actually wanted to be a singer, and maybe an actress, mm-hmm. but it wasn't my main focus. So growing up, um, I tried being a singer. <laughs> and then as years go by, I realized that I'm not that good of a singer. <laughs> so I kind of gave up on that. So that's when acting came to play. And then I would say when I was 23, that's when I did my first background work. And mm-hmm. that's when I fell in love with like just being on set. Mm-hmm. I love the environment. And that's how that started. Exactly. I mean, you can really meet a whole bunch of like fun, interesting people that you can continue building that working relationship with. I mean, just from our set alone, we've met some amazing people and have been able to, you know, learn a lot of things from the different people who have come and gone throughout that set. I mean, one person, of course, Brian, who is the mastermind behind the camera, he was freaking epic, right? I mean, just, yes, just throwing out all the different ideas and being able to bring out these new um, perspectives to life. I think that was very important. Um, have you ever thought about stage acting before? Because we've talked to a lot of people who come on the podcast and they talk about they start off in stage and then transition to film and television. Have you ever, since you started in film and television, have you ever started or thought about stage acting? So when I was in high school, I tried. I tried it. Yeah. It didn't really go too well. <laughs> I, was, I had stage fright, basically. Yeah. I kind of want to try it again, actually. There you Recently, go. I've been like, a, it's been a thought. I'm mm-hmm. like, maybe I should try again. Yeah. But yeah. And I think, I mean, I think a lot of people, and maybe it's just something in the background there because you said you you realized you weren't a very good singer. And so often theater is musical, right? So maybe it's just something lingering back there, but you should just let all that go yes. and say, I can do a show that is not a musical and I can kick ass on this. Like that's, I, I see that. I see that. Like you could totally. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. Well, I mean, okay. So we want to like jump in. Okay. We want to, we want to talk about deadlines and, and I, I want to start off with the audition process. Let's talk about the audition process because we shot this thing and we knew going in that we were going to be doing it during COVID. It was still a time when everything was kind of shut down when we started the audition process. And, um, so for anybody not familiar, we were doing this thing Zoom. Like you, you literally like sent us a, a, a cold read uh, and we liked what we saw. We said, hey, let's do a live read. But live read now means Zoom. <laughs> so right. Talk about that. Did, did, was that difficult? Like, you know, not being in person and, and having to do it over Zoom and kind of like, you know, not having that, that in-person type thing. Talk about that process a little bit and what you thought about it. 
I actually liked it better. Okay. Because I wasn't as nervous, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So I like that. I oh. like it virtually. For okay. sure. Hopefully I mean, it continues, but <laughs> right? I'm sure everything is going to go back to, you know, in At some point, event. yeah, yeah. I mean, just, I think there's something special about, you know, being in the comfort of your own home. You're around things that, you know, that make you happy, basically. You decorate in a way that makes you happy. You eat things that are, like, right next door in your fridge that make you happy. So there's different <laughs> things that, you know, help you mentally. And that's what is very important to us and that we've been talking about a lot with the podcast is mental health. Now, our subject matter is very dark, and especially your character goes through some difficult transitions because I'm sure you thought about what she was like before this specific thing that happened in the film. So to come up with all of that in your head, where did you have to go mentally to make sure that you prepared for the character? We only asked the hard questions. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I am. Because you killed it in in the cold read. You did. Like you you had the character down in your cold read before we even had you read live. Uh, you you just there was something that we saw in that audition that just like that. Okay, that's her. That that's the one. Um. So yeah, how did you do? And it's and it's funny though because I did not think I did a good job portraying the character. So I'm actually super grateful that you guys gave me the opportunity to like showcase my talent. Of course. But I don't know, like, I guess I just related to the character a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it was easier. It was easier for me to portray it. Natural born talent right there. Natural born talent. Basically. I love it though. I love it. And I might be wrong. I don't remember. We've been doing a lot of things. So a lot of things have been going in and out of our heads all fucking year. Um, but were you – did we go through a couple of auditions with you when you were reading with a male actor? Me? No. No? Um, it was – I forgot her name. There was a, a another female before Kara. Uh-huh. Okay. Jamie. I so think it was Jamie. I think it was Yeah, Jamie. I think it was Jamie that you read with. Yeah, because I think yeah. we told you, but the original script was very, you know, we, as we say, black and white. It was very, like, just typical, typical genre school shooter, I guess you could say, where it was a male and a female, but with everything going on, and especially at the time that we shot this thing, there was a lot of... Asian violence, I guess you could mm-hmm. say, Asian attacks. So we thought it was very needed for us to cast someone who had Asian descent so we could tell this story from that vantage point to bring awareness to this situation so we could try to start a conversation and change the situation. And sadly, eight months later, you know, I would just, and we have it in our industry news on the show uh, this week, it, there was a, an Asian attack on an Asian actress. Like somebody, she was walking into a coffee shop, somebody jumped there and hit her in the back of the head. They're, they're, it's still prevalent. You know, it's still out there that people are being blamed for, you know, the virus. And uh, it's insane. But, uh, it yeah, is. yeah. But the idea of, and you didn't shy away. Cause I mean, we should talk about it when we made the decision to change it to two females instead of a male female, that in itself became controversial. So, uh, yeah. y- you know, so not only now were we dealing with the racism and the, and the Asian hate, but now we're talking about anti-gay hate and, mm-hmm. and like, Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a gay relationship now. So on top of it, um, 
and the other of the other female is, is white. So now we're talking multi-race and we're talking, <laughs> well, you know, gay. And and so like talk about that where you were you because you didn't let on to us. But were you nervous at first about the content and about what how people would perceive it? And, and did that make you a little jittery about auditioning at first? No, I actually was very comfortable with the script. And like I said before, I love the message that you guys are trying to put out there, the awareness. Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't, well, I, I was okay. I was okay. Good. That's good. Yeah. Because I'm not going to lie. We did have a couple of other people go through and they did the cold reads. But then after, you know, we wanted to pair them up with other people, they were a little gun shy and they were a little afraid to take that step in their career. So we always want to give credit and kudos to you for not being afraid to, you know, broaden your horizons and to try to start a conversation with something like this because it is very important and it is very uh, something that's happening today in society. So we just want to thank you for that, of course, and bringing such an amazing performance. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Something else, too, that I want to talk about is day two which is completely your day. Like all eyes were on you. And before we broke for lunch, you know, we were going through it and we had a lot of good stuff. You were doing really great. But after we came back from lunch, I don't know. I felt like you just weren't okay with the first half of the day. So when you came back after that, you were just like gung-ho, ready to go. At first we were breaking it all up in the little sections and at the at the back half you were like, no, fuck that. We're going straight through. <laughs> and I mean, it really showed like the last three cuts and the last three shots that we had like they were damn near perfection like going through it we're just like damn her emotion is really coming through on screen so during that lunch period or before we went on lunch did you you know have a little conversation with yourself and we're like okay we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get down to business after this how what was going through your mind um honestly i think after having lunch I was in a better energy. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> I think that's what it was. <laughs> so nothing deep, nothing mental. It was just no. like maybe I was fucking hungry. I just needed some food. I don't know. <laughs> I love that. Like that's but all we, I can think of. But we should set it up though because I, I think that people and I, people who follow us have seen a few of the pictures. But we're talking about a small dorm room with a bunch of people in it on top of each other, lights – with a camera and a light, like literally right in your face. So it's hot. There's no air conditioner. There's no, you know, it's, it's just beat down. And then it's, it's this tense scene and, and you know, of course it's going to be like, Oh my gosh, I have this like right here and all these people are staring at me and I'm, I'm trying to deliver this performance. And it was intense. I mean, just, you know, talking about on, from our side of the camera, it was, it was intense. Um, and, and we just, you absolutely slayed it. In fact, honestly, when people see the film, the majority of, of the stuff that they're going to see from you was after lunch. <laughs> yeah. like, like you well, just, like you said, it was better after lunch. Oh my God. <laughs> but, but like literally you just like, it, it was slayed right there. It was, it was so good. Um, but what was really – I'll tell you because I want to talk about like the, the set experience too because you said you, you know one of the things that you really enjoy about acting and everything. And there, there's a certain moment at that day where you could just feel the intensity. Everybody was kind of feeling it. you know. And, and 
I don't know what I, I don't remember what happened. I think maybe you belched. I don't I don't know, but you did something and yeah. it just your laugh and your smile just caught everybody and like everybody all of a sudden just let loose and let a big sigh out and is like, you know, oh yeah, we can laugh. This is fun. This is supposed to be fun. It was to talk about that because your face, we've got the picture. We captured the picture with the laugh and it's, it's so good. Did, did you feel just that same thing that we did, that sense of relief when that happened? Like, okay, I'm all right. I can do this. <laughs> I definitely did. Um, and I do remember that it was <laughs> when I said the wrong line. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> I was right. So ex- I was so ready to say it, but it was totally different line. <laughs> I just skipped yeah. it. Yeah. No, and it was it was so good. It was so good. Uh I, I just yeah, there's so many great memories about being on set with you guys. First of all, um well, we can't. I, I can't say. There's a, like day one stuff that's right. just like. There's so ah, much. There's wait, wait. so much. Yeah, you can't say. I want to say it, but no. I know. Well, we hear you've got like a TikTok video that's ready to drop yes, as soon as we I have, can. I, I need two. Oh, 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 that's right. exciting. I'm I was like, pumped. I didn't. Mean, I want to post it now, but I know I gotta wait. <laughs> that's right. Thirty but something you guys more days. See that, definitely. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I love it. I love it. And something else that I thought was probably really helpful for you and for your process is being able to watch Kara as she was going through her process on the first day, you were able to see, you know, what was the type of way you needed to react to certain inflections and to certain lines that she was throwing out there. So talk about day one and how that helped you for day two. It just, I feel like watching her do her thing. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, she's an amazing actress. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just was easier for me to have that vision of her, what she was doing, how frantic she was. It just helped me with my acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's it's an interesting process because for anybody who's kind of seen the teaser that we put out there and and, and knows a little bit about the story uh, that's been following us, um, your performance takes place entirely on a computer screen. Um, and, and so technically in the film, you are not in the room, you know, with, with the, with the character, with Regina. And so to be able on day one, like Logan said, to actually be in the room and be able to see her movements and how she was going to portray her performance, I had to have made what you were going to do on, on the opposite side, your reactions much easier, knowing how she was going to be moving, yeah, yeah, because that's got to be difficult knowing. And then kudos to you and and one for making us look like brilliant first time directors. And two, because it's easy to be good directors when you have the amazing talent that you have. Um, doing a whole performance when you don't have the luxury like Kara did of moving around the room and being able to act out. You literally are right here the whole performance and you have to portray all of your emotion like right there. Um, It was phenomenal. The way you were able to portray the different levels of emotion, the anger and the happiness and the love and and the the sadness and all of these things that you were able to do right here. And and that's a a huge testament to your acting ability um, to be able to pull that off. Thank you. And like I said, seeing it, her, how she was, it, I envisioned it, and that's how I did that. 
<laughs> and humble as always. It's always just, so, like, so humble. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I felt like set life. It was a great first set for me personally to be on and to direct because everybody was just so down to earth. Everybody got along very well, which I feel like doesn't happen a lot. We've heard horror stories from certain people that have come on, and they're just like they butt heads with other people, but. I felt like it was something special. Like we all kind of, you know, when it was lunchtime, we broke off and some people ate in the room with other people who they didn't know before, you know, coming onto the set. And it was like five o'clock in the morning when we're pulling up and everybody's laughing and getting to know each other. And I thought it was something really special. How did you feel on set? I definitely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Every, everybody made everyone, each, everybody like comfortable, mm-hmm. which made it a lot easier and smoother. Um, and I can honestly say I made a longtime friend, you guys, and also oh. Riley. Yeah. And I'm keeping in touch with everybody else on Facebook. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, like I, I said, no, I, it's same. We feel the same way. And, and not only a lifelong friend, because you're just an amazing human being and a great friend, but a lifelong collaborator yeah. because you know that we're already talking about the next thing we want you in so uh you know yeah yeah <laughs> just it's for you <laughs> we're gonna bring you in we're, we're gonna reel you in um but I, I i gotta tell you i knew too like logan said just i knew the second that when on day one when everybody first pulled up and before a single introduction because for anybody out there listening who doesn't know the story none of the people had ever met before except for the two mm-hmm. audio guys but so like none of them had ever worked together none of them have ever met everybody was kind of complete stranger and before any introduction everybody got out of the vehicles walked straight to the to the van and started grabbing equipment and hauling it upstairs like they knew this is a job this is what we're doing we're going to do and they they acted like a crew that had been together for years and i knew that second oh We've got a really good team here because they know the priority right away. Before we say, hi, I'm such and such, let's get this shit upstairs. we got to get it set up because we only got this much time to shoot. And, and, and you, the crew, like it wasn't just a crew. The cast was trying to pick shit up. We had to keep telling them, no, 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 talent doesn't pick shit up. <laughs> talent doesn't do that. Um, so we just knew, you know, that this, this group of people was going to do something special with, with, with this film. Um, and, and it wasn't always easy, right? It was like beat down hot inside those dorm rooms. And uh, it, 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 was, it was intense. And, and it was um, at one point raining and the fucking ceiling fell in. Uh, you know, like that was unexpected. Like what the fuck happened there? Yeah. Like uh, We just got all of our exterior shots. Yeah, yeah, we exactly. still don't know. Exactly. <laughs> just got all the exterior shots. And then we're like, yeah, time to go inside. Then Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. (laughs) Love it. But I mean, it was, it was really cool. It was a really fun campus. We got to give a shout out to Johnson C. Smith University. Oh, hell yeah. Because I mean, they accommodated us very well. We basically got the whole dorm room, even though they said we would get (laughs) two rooms or really only one room together, but we got like the whole freaking building 
basically. Yeah, I mean, it like, was awesome. Right. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. Like, it even got to a point where, like, man, we don't want to go home. This is such a fun set that we could just, like, camp out upstairs. <laughs> but, like, literally. Uh, and, I love the fact that we were never, like, restricted anywhere. No. So I like that. Yeah, no, right? And there's so many great shots. Shout-outs to our, 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 our still photographers for all the behind-the-scenes stuff that we'll eventually be able to release all of it. But there's these so many great epic shots of one of my favorites is when we're when we're being called back to set you know when when we're about to shoot and you guys are coming down the hallway like a fucking like team you know smiles and there's some high fives and like it's a great like you know camaraderie type shot of coming down the hallway like a, a team just determined to go in there and kill it um and there's other things like you said where there are people off talking like little groups of people talking and there's like so many great behind the scenes shots that i think really capture the essence of what was happening on the set um it's one of my one of my you know you said your favorite you know first time being on a set and um it was one of my favorite all-time set experiences as well and i had been on many but i had never really kind of seen anything gel like that before and kind of do what we did and and for being a first-time director being on on a set many times in other capacities but being a director and knowing that it's us kind of like you know to have that type team and to have that type talent and to have all that work we couldn't have asked for anything better than that for our first time out to try to to try to do this because it could have been an absolute disaster and and then that would have been yeah that would have been awful i want to talk a little bit too about the the pre-process because you and kara were like so amazing. So we get you guys to do this live read together, right? Because we need to test the chemistry and you guys are killing it with the chemistry. We knew we had the two that we wanted. But for anybody that doesn't know or isn't familiar with a little bit of the story, you know, you guys are a couple. You've been a couple for most of your college career. And, um, you know, you guys are strangers. <laughs> so we, Logan and I call you up and say, hey, you guys got to come and meet and take pictures and you're going to be a couple like you've known each other forever. And uh, so, and for anybody listening, you'll see it in the film. There, there's pictures of them together out on dates and like, you, you know, and all this kind of stuff. You guys were amazing that day. Um, I, I just want to give shout out to that day too and hear you talk about that a little bit because there were literally people as we're walking around the campus and you guys are de- you doing the thing and taking pictures and all this kind of – that literally were commenting about what a cute couple you were and how they thought that you guys were actually together and had no idea that this per- these people weren't – You know, it was amazing how that went down. Talk about that a little bit and how strange was that? Like, hi, I'm Jessica. Hi, I'm Kara. Okay, what's me <laughs> – talk about that. I mean, initially I was a little nervous mm-hmm. um, meeting her, yeah. but after a few minutes, like I met her, I met you guys. Um, she was very nice and <laughs> she made me comfortable. So it went, we worked well together. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I, I love that though. A little nervous, but then I'm fine. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. you could definitely tell we were comfortable because we let you go off and take these pictures with one of our phones. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> you literally got in in with somebody on my daughter's car with my phone and we were like, oh, see you later. <laughs> it's like, right. what did we just do? Like, what are you doing? But, um, yeah, that was a lot of fun, and you guys were, like, just huge troopers for that, uh, to be able to do that. And what a fun way to f- get the first introductions out of the way. That was like, oh, nice to meet you in person. This is fun. No, I'm really glad we did that. 
Right, because it would have been yeah a lot more difficult on set trying to portray what you guys are in the story without have ever done that, right? Exactly. And I mean, we did our we did our little blocking session in the in the hotel room. I thought that was also hilarious. <laughs> like you know, playing with some of the props and different things like that. I thought that was another way for us to you know get comfortable with each other, get to know each other a little bit more, and you know bring out that chemistry on set because it's not only the chemistry between the actors that is important, but it's also the chemistry between the directors and the actors to make sure you know they pull out that performance that we need and you guys just did absolutely amazing so we can't thank you enough for that and of course uh if people are following us on social media they should know that we are having a red carpet event april 21st we're super excited about it (laughs) we're so super excited to have you there and to see you on the red carpet with a little banner of it's going to be the poster and our uh, company logo so that's going to be badass um, you are actually my phone background. Yeah, and you're, you're oh, the, wow. yeah, you are. Yeah. No, look, we were just joking about it. It's on the phones, both the laptops, the the, the wallpaper, or the poster. The poster is literally hanging right, in our yeah. office right now. Like it's it's like you guys are I everywhere. Saw that it looks amazing, by the way. Right. Well, thanks. We love it. You guys, it's just like you know, it's something special to us. Like it really I mean, is. We're gonna hold this near and dear to us for a very long time. And we, you know, you said lifelong friendships and everything but we sincerely cannot express enough to you and Kara and and like everybody involved like how much we appreciate what you guys did for us because if you guys knew the struggle and the things that we had gone through for the four years with our company and the wrong people and and moving and this and kind of all to get to this point to where we were actually in front of cameras and things were rolling and we were shooting a film and and to to get there and to have it with you and, and 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 the rest of the people involved you will we can never thank you guys enough for making that the experience that it was and being the people that we finally got the breakthrough with to have it with you guys makes it all that more special honestly well thank you guys i honestly i appreciate you both and everybody else and part of the crew of trying to film deadlines um, I don't know if you guys know this, but this was like my first lead role. Mm-hmm. So it won't be your last. There's it, more to come. Yes, oh, it, I, I was so excited for this project. Well, good. So. Well, good. Like I said, we're super excited about it. And what he was saying with all that creative differences are a bitch. <laughs> that's really, that's really what it was. It, it was like, like you said, like three, three or four years through different projects. And I mean, you just got to keep picking yourself up and carrying forward kind of like actors do, you know, when they don't get certain roles and that happens a lot. You know, we, we used to say it was an industry built on rejection, but now we're saying it's an industry built on selection. Right. Like maybe you're just not the right one for the role at that time or moving forward and living your best yeah. life. That's what it's all about. And we also want to give you a shout out and kudos to 
TikTok because we were not on TikTok and now we're all about TikTok because of you. That's right. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like, right. We send each other TikToks back and forth like all day. Yeah, it's, we're addicted. Oh, and it's all your fault. It's, it's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally your fault. Uh, um, and hey, get used to uh, – I'm serious because I, I want to go back to the whole it's your first lead role. First of all, uh, we could not be more happy that we recognize that in you and that you – your first lead was for us because you just absolutely killed it. But um, it will not be your last. And uh, get used to award-winning actress in front of your name because that's that's going to happen. When this film is going to have <laughs> – you're going to win awards. We have no doubt. We have no doubt that both you and Kara are going to win awards. Um, it's there. It's at that level. And when people see it, they're going to they're gonna go, holy shit. Um, these girls killed it. <laughs> like, uh, like I said, you made us look really good. Um, so thank you. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, I, I don't know what else to say other than that. I like, I can't wait for the people to see all the stuff we can't show yet. Yeah. Cause it's so freaking good. <laughs> like, uh, the twist ending. I, I think one of the, the f- one of the best things that I think we're going to do at the premiere night is when everybody – when it's over, everybody – I want to get everybody's opinion of what they actually think it is because I think it's going to be so many different uh, thoughts on it that I'm just dying to hear what everybody thinks the ending is. Like I can't wait. I can't <laughs> For sure. It's going to be so freaking fun. Oh, yeah. Well, something else that we've been doing for our interviews and stuff like that is have our – guests tell us what they are watching right now what are you streaming what movies did you just watch we want to know because we want to compare notes (laughs) all right so i we me and my husband just finished watching season four of good girls okay Okay. yep very familiar Um, love may whitman huge fan of may whitman just saying (laughs) and currently i don't i'm trying to think what was it? We were watching um, Guess Which Cake. I don't know if you guys heard that on Netflix. No. <laughs> no. What is that? It's, like a, it's a contest. So bakers um, compete to make items or food items realistic. And mm. then the judges, whoever can like figure out which one is the fake. Oh, if they okay. Can, if they can fool like the judges, uh-huh. um, they they win money. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that that's really interesting. fun. Yeah, for sure. We were going on so a that's little. That's on Netflix. There we go. We'll check it out. Uh, we were going on a little spell trying to watch all the Oscar films before mm. the Oscars, and that got very tiring very quick. Um, there's, <laughs> there's so many. There like... was a lot of good ones. We're going to say that. There was a lot of good ones, but then there was some that we were like, uh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that that's just is what it is. Everybody has different tastes and everybody has different opinions. Um, but yeah, if you, you guys, want a good time, I'm sorry. you're good. Go sorry. for it. Did you guys um watch Euphoria? Yes. 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 Yeah. You, are you Did a you Euphoria think- fan? I am. Yeah. <laughs> I do a lot of TikToks with that. Well, well like, um, like who isn't at this point, right? Like, it, it's right. got to be like one of the most popular shows in the world. At exactly. The, I mean, at this point, how's season two? Shut up. Exactly. I, he I hasn't haven't started watched season, season two, two yet. I know. I know. I know. But and I will take credit because guess who got him hooked on it? Guess who got me? Because I started watching it first, and I was like, <laughs> "Holy shit, you have to watch this show!" And then you know, but then he jumped ahead of me, and he's Man, like, "It's fine." Jumped it's fine. ahead the whole season. <laughs> hasn't started. Just know, season 
season two gets wild. That's so what I've just heard. Be prepared. Yeah, I've I'm lucky enough to have avoided most of the spoilers. So, but I've heard some crazy <laughs> shit. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's so fun. Well, listen, thank you so much for taking time out of your night to get a little crazy with us on the podcast. We can't thank you enough for all that you've done for us and for the film and for the company. You are just an absolute gem. But we have to make sure everybody follows you. So, where are you at on social media, and what's your handle so everybody can? All right. Well, thank you guys for having me. Um, my social handles are Jessica Mia dot underscore for everything. Instagram and TikTok. Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, you definitely. Get, name, so. Yeah, you guys definitely want to follow her on TikTok. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Just, you guys have got to follow her on TikTok. Oh, actually, I do. I do have a second account, which I just recently created just for acting. Okay. Oh. So that's um, Mia, M-I-A underscore h-a-a-a-w mia how fantastic now is that is that tiktok or is that instagram tiktok tiktok okay just for acting exactly you can see her annoy her husband it's so funny oh my gosh it's like the best ever like yeah that guy that guy kudos to him because you he always is just like yeah yeah you put him through the ringer i'm not even gonna lie it's some good stuff right there he's tired of me okay yeah (laughs) you and the dogs that's right that is true love right there though he clearly loves you because if he didn't he'd have been out of there a long time ago he'd have been like no i'm done i am not bad I love it. Well, again, thank you so much for everything. Thank you for getting crazy with us. And we will see you soon at the red carpet event. Yes. I'll see you guys April 21st. April 21st. Thank you so much. You guys have a great night. You too. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. That was freaking fantastic. Oh, my gosh. She is just like, you know, we said it throughout the whole interview, but it's true. We could not have been more blessed to have the people that we had involved, including Jessica. They're just absolute gems. They're ridiculously talented. And they made our first directorial debut a massive success and joy. And just how else do we say? We can't say anything more than we said throughout the whole interview. She's just great. It's very special, man. It's something that's very special to us and we're just thankful for everything that she's done. She's yeah. absolutely amazing. And I seriously cannot wait to work with her again. For sure, She man. is uh, – to get back on set with her and to just do something – this time a comedy? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She's going to kill it in a comedy. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you again, Jessica, for coming on the show. All right. Now it is time for our top five segment. And, man, oh, man, it's good this week. And to stick with that Oscar theme, it's going to be the top five Oscar-winning performances. Yes. This one was really hard because there's a lot of greats on both of our lists. So, you know, we just, we it was hard to pay homage to all these people. But for me, number five goes to Jennifer Lawrence in Silver mm. Lion's Playbook. I feel like this one is very special because you get the chemistry between, you know, Robert De Niro, you got Brad, uh, whatever the fuck, Bradley, Bradley Cooper, Cooper <laughs> and uh, Jennifer Lawrence. And I mean, just the mental health aspect and, you know, having all these problems. It brought a lot of conversation to the forefront when that conversation wasn't really happening. And her character does an amazing job. And I love when they're dancing and learning how to dance together. So I thought it was very special. And that's why she came on my list. So number one or five for me is Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. And don't forget that dancing courtesy of one of our past guests on the show, Mandy Moore, choreographer. She she got to do all that and then teach them how to dance. That's fine. Awesome. Uh, my number five is 
I happen to think is one of the most underrated actresses in Hollywood, and I don't understand why, because she's fucking huge. Uh, I'm talking about Brie Larson and her Oscar-winning performance in Room. First of all, if you didn't see Room, holy shit, it's an intense movie, it's incredible, um, and her performance wholeheartedly Oscar-worthy, and I'm really hoping, I know she's got a lot of commitments to the to MCU, and is coming up in a lot of Captain Marvel stuff and everything, but I'm hoping that we get to see her in more serious, dramatic roles like Room, because she's a phenomenal actress, and I think she's got more Oscars to win, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. I think she's got a lot more, and uh, she is underrated as a serious actress right now, and uh, somebody needs to change that. Somebody he needs to get her back into another script that's going to win her an Oscar because she's fucking phenomenal. Completely Check out agree. Room, man. For sure, for sure. Number four for me goes to Daniel Day-Lewis and basically anything. Let's be honest about it because this man's a legend. But, of course, Lincoln. I mean, mm. this he completely transformed himself, his body, his mannerisms, the way he talked. Like, he completely embodied Abraham Lincoln. So, I mean, that was very 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 special and i think it was something that you know that was there were there was a lot of hate in the world there's still a lot of hate in the world but there was a lot at that time that that film came out too and i think he brought a lot of awareness to that and we started to have more conversations we still need to have more but he also helped start that conversation and build bridges and something that we still need but something that was started with his film. So that's why his performance was absolutely amazing and that's why he's my number four. Well, there you go. And another thing that we've been talking about relentlessly over the last several months because it's so important and such a topic that everybody is dealing with right now and our film deals with and so heavily, but this film... I think brought awareness to it so far back early on and got people to start talking about it. And I'm talking about Jack Nicholson's epic performance in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, a guy that was committed to an insane asylum who wasn't insane and ended up getting hit the, the, to the brain mm. and, and basically just fried and, you know, became a vegetable because, you know, they did this lobotomy to him and, um, he wasn't insane, yeah. But but it really did. Of course, Nurse Ratchet. Everybody knows Nurse Ratchet, who also won an Oscar for her role in there. But this performance of a guy that was like just living life, but wasn't you know, I guess he didn't conform to how society wanted him to live life. So he's deemed insane and thrown into this place with legitimately insane people, yeah. And just kind of shows them that hey you're not as bad as you think you are you're pretty normal you know they call you what you want but you're pretty normal just like me kind of a thing the whole story was it was just beautiful and intense and brought a lot of things to uh you know to light about mental health and how it's dealt with and how it was dealt with back then um it was terrifying and jack nicholson was just fucking epic yeah. in the role and uh, well worthy of an oscar for sure um yeah, that whole film. It won Best Picture. Michael Douglas won for producing because it was Best Picture. And just like everybody was like, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. Right. That's <laughs> just awesome. Just a great film, man. For sure, for sure. Well, number three for me goes to the one and only Jamie Foxx and for Ray playing Ray Charles. I thought that was very special. He also, just like Daniel Day-Lewis, he and body ray charles and i mean with him actually singing i felt like that was very special um i always love you know the biopics where they actually put their own voice out and you know give that to the world and do their own kind of renditions while also honoring the classics and i think jamie fox did an amazing amazing job he is also another one that is very 
very, very underrated as an actor that needs to be given more recognition because a lot of people think about him in the sense of like the he's explosions, like action packed movies and, you know, sometimes some rom coms, but he definitely He's got the chops, man. He, he definitely needs to be in the conversation. Oh, hell yeah. If you guys haven't checked out August Rush, he's in that one with Robert Downey Jr. And he plays like a musical savant. That's not, like that's, No, that's the soloist. No, no. Or, but, no August Rush is the one with the kid from Good Doctor. Yeah, but isn't isn't he in there also? No, Robert Downey Jr. That, okay, well yeah. I mixed him up. So the soloist though, that's a brilliant fucking movie that also highlights his like acting ability. Yeah. Like he's he's phenomenal like drum dramatic actor that people they just think comedy yeah and it, it's like no he's he's well beyond that uh another one who i think gets stereotyped with comedy but not my number three octavia spencer who won i'm telling you she won the oscar for this line eat my shit <laughs> it was one of the most best delivered lines in movie history i think uh, i'm of course talking about her role in the help um just a phenomenal actress again who delivers performance after performance in every type of genre and i think she's got more oscars to come as well she's brilliant and if you guys haven't checked out the help what I know, Watch right? that film. Where Watch have you Octavia. been? <laughs> yeah, like, come on now. That's hilarious. Another one, if you haven't checked out, are you really a film fan? Like, come on now. And I'm talking about uh, Training uh. Day and, of course, Denzel Washington in Training Day. Talk about the crooked cop and especially getting Ethan Hawke all fucked up on, like, Angel Dust and PCP <laughs> and all this crazy shit. And which led to Moon Knight. Uh, which led to <laughs> I mean, you know, this fucking – and it basically introduced us to Terry Crews. It's oh, what yeah. got him involved and, I mean – man oh man i mean in the iconic line you motherfuckers not our king kong ain't got shit on me like yes. this is so good it's so fucking good so that is definitely one you have to go back and watch and that's why his performance is legendary number two for me denzel washington and training day and my number two also legendary performance that reminded everyone in the world at the time during the 80s that greed is good I'm, of course, talking about Michael Douglas as the one and only Gordon Gecko. Um, I mean, the epitome of 80s Wall Street, like in Wall Street. Uh, it was just fucking phenomenal. I think everybody in uh, during the 80s in that period wanted to be Gecko, whether he's a fucking bad guy or not. You wanted to be Gordon Gecko. You wanted to have the money. You wanted to have the fucking suspenders and the cigar and kicking ass. I mean, it was legendary. And to this day, people still refer to Gecko as the guy of Wall Street. And, you know, it when you can epitomize like like that, you know, all these years later, that's still your go-to guy when you think of it, that that says something about the performance. Oh, yeah, so, for I sure. Mean, Michael Douglas, Gordon Gecko. So good, so good. And if you listen to any of the shows before, <laughs> you guys would know probably uh, both of our number ones. Facts. But for me, of course, it's the one and only Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight playing the Joker. Of course, you guys know this is why I became a filmmaker. His performance and Christopher Nolan in the freaking cinematography and the storytelling and of course John Papsidera coming and freaking bringing an amazing cast together. This film is so fucking special and that's why it is my number one. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it was hard. Everybody thought, no way you're going to follow up Jack Nicholson with a Joker performance, and yet Heath Ledger knocked it out of yeah, the park. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, there you go. My number one, um, I still think to this day, maybe his single best performance ever. 
Um, it was heartbreaking in every way possible, yet somehow inspiring, and 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 it had every wave of emotion going throughout. I am talking about the legendary, the one and only Tom Hanks um, in Philadelphia. Uh, man, the, you know the dying AIDS patient and what that like brought to the world and the in your face about this disease and what it does not just to the victim of it but also to the families and the friends and the surrounding people in the lives of these of these people who have this horrible disease and um whoo the dramatic transformation that tom hanks makes in this movie from healthy to the deathbed is scary fucking good yeah um and and just i mean so many antonio banderas and denzel washington as the supporting characters in this film on believable um and i think contributed to tom hanks's win in all honesty i think it was just an amazing ensemble that that brought that oscar home um definitely check out that film if you have not seen it but be prepared it is extremely tough to watch mm. and it is emotional and you will cry <laughs> i'm just For gonna sure. say it's Woo. very intense man but we want to know what is your most memorable oscar performance man oh man there's a lot out there and we know it so that's why we had trouble doing this but be sure yeah. to leave a comment in the youtube section or reach out over twitter or instagram we love the fan interaction mm. uh the box office recap now the batman of course still staying at that number one spot with 36.7 million jujitsu kusin zero the movie whatever the <laughs> fuck that is no idea came in at number two with 14.8 million uncharted came in at number three with 7.8 million Number four was X with uh, four point four million. And number five was Dog with four million. Mm. Finally knocking out No Way Home in the top five, yes. which is crazy. New movies that are coming out this week are The Lost City, Bisbing, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, mm. The Duke, and Mothering Sunday. So mm. you can probably see those at select theaters. Um, and movies you can still go see, of course, Spider-Man No Way Home, Death on the Nile, The Outfit, and Sing 2. There's so many things out right now, and of course, Batman and all the ones we just said. Oh, yeah. And the IMDb Pro's top trending segment, oh man, of course, it's still rocking and rolling, making history during pandemic time, so that's why the top trending movie is The Batman. Yes. I mean, come on now, come on. And the top trending TV show is The Last Kingdom. I've never watched that one, so I don't know, I don't Me know either. how that goes. Me either. Uh, top trending star is William Hurt, which I'm guessing is from The Last Kingdom. Uh, no, William Hurt, remember uh, General Thaddeus bolt from the mcu he died recently um, yeah, that's, yeah. i hate when they make the list because they die yeah I mean, that is sad that is sad but we got to thank our guest one more time jessica mia polito for coming on the yes! show she's freaking awesome she is be sure to follow her on instagram and tiktok she's rocking and rolling be sure to follow the company and podcast on social media at Crazy Ant Media and at ItCaf Podcast. Yes. And you guys know you can uh, follow us both personally on social media. Myself, at JLo Fantastic, and at Crazy Ant Guy 1970. That's right. And you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We're at Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. And if you're watching this video on YouTube, we appreciate you. Be sure to give a like to the video, subscribe to the channel, and ring the bell yes. for all the latest and greatest notifications that are 
going down at Crazy Ant Media. It's very special. It's a very special place. Uh, <laughs> be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We've got shirts. we got hats. we got tank tops. we got backpacks. we got duffel bags. we got it all, man. We, do. we are the one-stop shop. Why go to Kohl's when you could shop at crazyantmedia.com? I'm just saying. But it was such an amazing show. I think the in-depth conversation about the Batman deleted scene, that, I mean, that's very special and very something that makes people want more, which, I mean, everybody already wanted more after seeing the initial film. But, and of course, the Bob Chappick thing, and that's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. And I don't know, man. There's so much going down and so much good stuff going down in our lives, especially with Jessica coming on the show. The premiere is coming out April 21st, and Amazon either on the same day or shortly after that. So things are just rocking and rolling, man. I mean, for real, seriously. And and like you, you know, I never bore talking about Chappic and the disaster that is driving that ship. Ah, uh, Disney. <laughs> but thankful that Marvel keeps them afloat. Because uh, let's be honest about it, that's what keeps them afloat. Uh, yeah, and Batman. Uh, I, I mean, it's always interesting because you know we're going to have differing opinions on that because you're such the Heath Ledger Joker fan, you know, kind of a thing. I'm always open to different interpretations, but we'll see. I don't know how that's going to play out. And of course, like you said, our film, bro. Like, it's crazy. How can we not be excited about that coming right? up? Like, just, exactly. Ah! Exactly. That's why you got to follow us on social media to see all the cool, cool pics, all the behind the scenes footage. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. going to be freaking amazing. Yes. And you know who else is amazing? The one, the only, Oprah! Oprah!